Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. Hey guys, it's Judy, and stay tuned for our annual New York Comic Con Women of Marvel panel live. But first, we want to say a big thanks to our advertiser, ZipRecruiter. You know what's not smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. But you know what is smart? ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What's up? Are you excited for the Women of Marvel panel? I am excited. Are you excited? Sam? I'm super excited. This is the best <laughs> panel of Comic-Con, yes. I would say. Yes. This is, I think, our ninth year doing this. And every year, it gets bigger and better and more amazing. And we're so happy that we can share it with you guys and that you guys are along for the ride. Yes. Thank you guys for supporting us for as long as we... Oh my God, this room is so much bigger. And we started out with about 25 people. So thank you guys so much. We have a lot to talk about. We have some amazing panelists coming up. Um, but first off, who are we, guys? Oh my God, I'm Judy. <laughs> And I am Sana, and uh, we are part of the Women of Marvel. We're only two women, a part of the larger Women of Marvel. There's a lot of women that we're going to be showcasing um, and have across the years, but specifically today. So we should also say what the Women of Marvel is. If you guys are new to it, it's a uh, bi-weekly podcast that we run on Marvel.com and our social media channels. And we just talk to women and men in the industry who are all about, you know, the next step for uh, creators and characters. And we also talk to people in STEM. We talk to people in different fields like us. Sports, even ESPNW. Sports, Ladies like sports, yeah. I love, I love yep. sports. But so, it's all about the celebration of pop culture and nerd culture, so. And you yeah. guys are a big part of that. So if we're set here. Okay, well, right. let's, let's go to my slide. Hey, I'm Judy. <laughs> um, I'm a producer here at, the, at Marvel, at Marvel New Media. I, I produce a whole bunch of shows, including Marvel Becoming, which is our weekly uh, cosplay series. It's currently running right now. We've got an upcoming episode uh, coming out on Wednesday that features Marvel Studios, Ant-Man, and the Wasp, Wasp cosplayer. Yeah. And then uh, I think there's a slide for Sana. So I am Sana Manith. You guys see my face. You don't need a picture. So that's cool. It is uh, a good I, photo, though. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good photo. It's very Photoshopped. Um, I, I, run, uh, I run content and character development uh, at Marvel. Yes. Um, I've been able to do a lot of cool things. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. She does amazing Ooh. things. Yeah. Um, I've uh, worked on uh, Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel and Hawkeye and a bunch of other things. I started out as an editor, um, and now I get to work on cool projects like Marvel Rising, which we'll be talking about a little later. And now... So we're really excited because we're going to welcome Kathleen Wazinski as our next panelist. Kathleen, come on out! Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Yay! So Kathleen is an assistant editor in the Spidey office. She works on some phenomenal books, um, including your favorite web slinger. Um, But we're going to talk a little bit about some of those books later, including Runaways and Spider Girls. Who got next? Um, We have our always favorite, Margaret Stoll. Yeah, Margaret. Yeah. Um, Currently, Life of Captain Marvel issue number three is on sale, and you can pick up uh, issue four uh, on October 17th. Uh, and then we have Leah Williams. Woo! As this is her first time on the panel, and actually I was talking to her yesterday, and she was like, I came to your panel a couple years ago. I'm so excited to be on it. And I was like, I'm so excited for you to join us. Also, uh, colored hair is amazing, and there needs to be more of us. Um, and we have Rochelle Rosenberg. 
She's an exclusive colorist for Marvel, and she works on so many amazing books. But you can actually learn more about her and her uh, amazing life. Uh, we did an episode of Quick Draw about Rochelle, and uh, she colors 40 to 50 pages a week, which is insane. Um, and not only is that, she's a great mom and a great wife and has lots of dogs. <laughs> Priorities. And um, last but not least, Jen Bartel. Jen um, uh, just released uh, Thor, Gates of Valhalla, that's out in, so in stores now, and uh, she does some epic covers for us, uh, including an America cover from uh, a few years ago that we're just going to, we have art from later. So, okay. Yeah, give it up, Women of Marvel. Yeah! All right, guys, we're going to kick this panel off by doing the, my favorite thing that we've been doing for the last nine years is if anyone here is a fan of comics, who wants to write, who wants to draw, who just wants to showcase their love and passion, please stand up. That's most of you guys, come yeah. on. Yeah. Look around you. Remember, yes, give them a round of applause. These these people around you are going to be your allies, your friends. Make sure you lean on one another and support one another because sometimes it can be difficult, but like when you find people that are like-minded, you're going to do great things. So just remember that. So with that, we are going to kick off um, the panel showcasing all of the incredible titles that we have across uh, Marvel, a lot of our female-friendly titles. It's always nice to see this image. Right, Judy? Yeah, and this is just a selection of current books on sale right now. I mean, I'm loving the Shuri covers. I mean, Ironheart comes out next month. I'm so excited for that. You know, we've got the Spider-Girls pages. And look at that Marvel Rising cover I slipped in there for you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for that. Also, the X-23, the X-23 covers are, like, amazing. Like, I love the style. And what I love about looking at these images in particular is that it's just so, I mean, every image looks different, every character looks different, um, and it just showcases the breadth and that, that we have at Marvel, but also how much we've accomplished over the years. And we say this a lot, we had one female-led title nine years ago, um, and it's just so, such a marked difference from there to where we are now. So, and that's really thanks to all of you guys for continuing to support this kind of content and understanding there's actually a space for it and people actually want more comics, not less. So thank you guys. Woo! So uh, we've got two shiny things to show you guys before we kick into talking to the panel. So we're really excited to debut this Lawrence cover that's on, uh, is that's on the right uh, for the upcoming Captain Marvel series that launches in January. Woo, 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 woo! Um, Lauren yeah. is an amazing artist. Her style is so beautiful. I think that she was here at the con as she was wandering around. Um, so, you know, it's beautiful, and hopefully she gets to do more covers for us in and the future. Captain Marvel, we should say, is uh, written by Kelly Thompson, artist as Carmen Carnero. It's coming out um, in January. Uh, and the colorist, I should say, it's Tamara Bonville, and it's a really amazing all-star cast um, of, of women. And uh, I'm very excited uh, at this uh, new direction for Captain Marvel. But what do we have next? Oh, we also have an exciting announcement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the right sound. Um, so we're really excited to uh, bring in the Soska sisters. Jen and Sil Sylvia Soska are these amazing production team up in Canada. They do some great films, including horror films. Um, so they're going to be writing this new series coming in January. And this is exclusive, exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, exclusive. And the artist, <laughs> uh, artist is Flaviano. So really beautiful stuff. And Black Widow's finally coming back. You know, you heard she was dead, right? Secret, secret, no, secret Empire, you guys didn't hear about that? Okay, anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. Spoilers. Cool. She's back. Surprise, we brought back a dead character. We never do that. <laughs> okay, next slide. So, um, so we're really excited to have Kathleen on the panel. Uh, we're going to make her talk in front of public. But uh, when you first showed me these Spider-Girls pages, I love them. Also, that cover. Yeah, the great cover by Yasmin Putri, and then uh, the interior art you're looking at is by Andres Jenley on pencils and inks, and uh, Triona Farrell did the colors. 
Uh, and this is Spider Girls. It's a tie-in to our big Spider Get In event. Uh, all of the spiders in all of the universes are back on Earth to fight the inheritors. Uh, and Spider Girls stars Annie Mae Parker from Renew Your Vows, um, Anya Corazon from Spider Girl and uh, Aranya, and then Mayday Mae Parker from uh, MC2 Spider Woman, Spider Girl. Uh, and it's a, a really a character-based story. Um, Mayday wants to make sure that her brother is safe and she remembers the important role that Anya had in the first Spider-Verse event, if you guys remember Spider-Verse. Um, and they go to find Annie, who has a special connection to the web of life and destiny. If you've been reading Renew Your Vows, Annie has like super spider sense kind of powers. Uh, and so they, they, they meet and they have to work out how to become a team and how to solve this huge threat that's facing all of the spiders in the universe. So many spiders. So many spiders. Can I take a quick pause? My mom just showed up. This is the first time she's ever been in a Women of Marvel panel. Oh, hey, mom. Mom, can you come up? There's a reserve seat for you right now. She, lo she loves the attention. Hi, Mama Amanath. Yay. All right, Mom. I'd like to say that clearly we know where, we get, where she gets it from. I know. She, she has no idea how much I talk about her in our comic books. It's great. My mom, actually, I just want to say, my mom has been showing up to comics, uh, comic stores every Wednesday since Mar Miss Marvel has come out. She's friends with the store owner. She's a newly found comic book fan, and she's in her, how old are you, mom? 50s. Let's say 50s. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mama, Mama, thank, thank you for that interruption, guys. <laughs> Um, so we also have some uh, some pages from Runaways, which yes, I love ooh. dinosaurs. Who doesn't love dinosaurs? Yeah, this is a great story. I should say Spider Girls is written by Jody Hauser. She's doing an amazing job. Um, Runaways, uh, one of the best books that Marvel is putting out right now. If you're not reading it, you should. Every issue is a delight. Um, but these are some pages from uh, Takeshi Miyazawa, who drew some of the earlier Runaways issues. Um, Chris Enka is the regular artist, and uh, Matt Wilson colors. Of course, Rainbow Rowell is the writer. Um, but for this issue, the pages are from 14, um, and it's a little interlude from Old Lace's perspective. So uh, the world as a dinosaur sees it. Uh, and we, we reveal some, uh, some character developments, some romantic and uh, intriguing character developments. So don't miss that. Uh, and then that's our Christmas cover. Uh, on that's the, beautiful. Uh, the super beautiful Chris Anka magic. I love Chris Anka magic. Yeah, it's the best I do time. too. I feel like Chris and Rainbow are like the best pair of a partner to be on, especially for this book, because Rainbow is such a huge Runaways like fangirl. They're both huge fans, um, and there's so much care is put into every issue. Uh, like there, there are facial expressions that there are, you know, infinitely long email chains about like I get that she's sad but it's more like a happy sad and if the mouth was just a little downturned it would be perfect like I got yeah I got you <laughs> so the uh, amount of talking you must all do about it is amazing based on the amount of talking I have to do about it with rainbow <laughs> on the sidebar so I, I am convinced that must be one of the only subjects she talks about now at this point <laughs> which I love yeah. and don't forget runaways is also uh, a television series so check that out it's really awesome have you guys been watching it? Yeah. Real good. So uh, we got two amazing covers from Life of Captain Marvel. Um, this book has so much heart. Kind of makes me woo, cry. Woo, 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 woo. Um, woo. Yeah. Uh, so, issue three is on sale right now. Yeah, so uh, I'll kick this off. So Life of Captain Marvel is a series that... Um, Mar Margaret Stoll has been working on with an all-star team, um, Carlos uh, Pacheco, Marguerite Sauvage, um, and uh, these covers are done by Julian uh, Tedesco, Titino Tedesco, who's just, oh my God, he's so good. I think I always hear Tedesco and think to die for. To, yeah, <laughs> it, totally. And why don't you talk a little bit, I mean, there's so much to talk about with this series. You guys, if you have not been reading it, I highly recommend it. It really is a great way for you to get to know Carol again and get to know sort of all the aspects of her that I feel like we ha don't really talk about as much. So why don't we uh, go back and, and talk a little bit more about where this series came from and what it means to you? To me? Y yes, to you, Mar Margaret Stoll, the writer of The, the Life writer. of Captain Marvel. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Um, yeah, it has been a labor of love. We, uh, 
it was a big group effort, uh, which I've said before, uh, Sana and uh, my editor, Sarah, and, or assistant editor, and uh, Joe Casada and Steve Wacker, and Axel, the outgoing editor-in-chief, and CB. There was, it was just a, a big group think. And uh, it was a lot of earnest sharing about family stories and sort of the real origins of people. And because Marvel is so good at the human side of superhuman, and that was really what we wanted to focus on. And also tell a story about a powerful woman and a daughter, uh, someone in a family who had humans that she was invested in and cared about. And it's been a remarkable journey and a really, really personal one. Last night, uh, I was emailing late with Kelly, who's taking over for the Captain Marvel ongoing, and there's so much shared love of that character and so many you know, things that will be going forward. And it's just been like, it is a story that's bigger than me. It is a story that is for all of you. This is like a, this is a hero's journey we are all on together and we all share it, and I feel that so passionately. And the Carol Corps are the most special fandom in the world, and they are the most empathetic and kind. And whenever I feel wobbly about anything that has to do with the state of heroes or women in the world, I just, like, they are what picks me back up again. So I'm super happy to share this with all of you, and I feel like this has been, like, one of the great joys of my career. And boom. Yes. <laughs> boom, boom. And this is really your swan song because you're signing off at Captain Marvel right after issue five. But I, I, I am signing off right after issue five, but I, I am so, so happy to hand that baton to Kelly. There is not a more gifted writer out there. I mean, I am, I, I am thrilled. So I really feel happy about that. Well, you have done just an amazing two, year, two years working on Captain Marvel, really molding that character. Thank you so much for all your heart and love and passion. Hey, I am signed on yeah. in the Carol Corps as a fan for life, so you're not losing We're me stuck, from yeah. the core. We're stuck with you. We like it. <laughs> all right. Thank you. So um, Leah is new to the Women of Marvel. I'm really excited to have her. Woo-woo! Thank you. And you've got two uh, amazing one-shots coming out, um, which we have the covers for, including What If Magic and X-Men Black, uh, Emma Frost. Mm -hmm. So, uh, first of all, that magic cover is beautiful. It's incredible. It's by uh, Jeff DeCall, and he did this cover before, I think I had been signed on to the project, or we came on around the same time, and... This came from him like something out of a dream, uh, just based on the concept, which belonged to my editor, Annalise Bisa. And um, I think she's here. Annalise, there she is. Yeah, there she is. Um, and as soon as we saw this cover, we were like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's great. What can fans expect in a what if magic? So for those of you who don't know, the what if uh, series is Basically, you pose a question, a hypothetical, and then we take one issue to explore the answer to that question. And it gives us all of these crazy and fun kind of alternate paths and worlds that our favorite heroes could have, you know, chosen at one point or another. So in What If Magic, uh, the choice that we have, the question is, what if Ileana Rasputin didn't join the New Mutants when she got out of limbo? So it's, it's a complete divergence from uh, her existing path in Earth 616. Great. So I've got some amazing pages that Rochelle uh, recently shown of all the uh, color, coloring jobs she's been doing. It's amazing. Um, yeah, okay. So actually uh, at C2E2, we did a great panel where um, both Rochelle and Jen were on, and Jen talked about process, and she was able to send these amazing. So these are the processes of her sort of doing the coloring of this cover, which is amazing. Uh, and we and you can actually dive more into sort of how um, each of them work uh, if you go look for our C2E2 episode that came out in, uh, in April. Um, and then I think you want to talk about Rising real quick? We'll talk about it real quick right now. Uh, so Marvel Rising is, uh, have you guys heard of it? Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. So fun. Fantastic. 
Um, it is uh, it is an animated uh, movie. Mar Marvelizing Secret Warriors is actually out right now. It's on Disney now, and it's going to be also airing on October 11th on the Disney Channel once again. It's a fantastic film. The prequel shorts, Marvelizing Initiation, uh, launch it as, is already on Marvel HQ on our YouTube channel. Features all these awesome characters that we all love here in particular. But it's a great um, family-friendly, all ages. Anyone who just loves Marvel and loves these characters in particular, please share it with everyone. Please share with people that you love. Let's kind of remind people that they're that you know women and girls like superheroes too, and that there's a space for them, and that's what this is all about. Woo! And then, oh guys, we do a podcast. We've talked about it multiple times. You guys can find it at marvel.com/podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, you guys can tweet at us if you want to have questions or just. Say that you love that you listen to a great episode. You can uh, tweet at Marvel with hashtag Woman of Marvel, and we've got an Instagram. So make sure you guys are tagging us. It's the Woman of Marvel, and you can email us too. See, I did not know that. Oh, I did not know about the 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 yeah, because because uh, I think there was another handle that had something else, but this is ours because we're the. It makes us sound way more important. So it's and it's great. capital T. I don't actually think it matters on Instagram. So can we actually just go back to Rochelle's slide real quick? Because I have some specific questions. We wanted, we wanted to do something a little bit different at this um, panel and talk a lot about sort of allies and sort of kind of the way to break into the industry, break into whatever career that you, that you have, but specifically how we've utilized allies and the importance of having allies in the community, um, having mentors in the community. So um, while we figure that out, I'm gonna just throw it to Rochelle. Rochelle, you've been, obviously you've been a colorist for a very long time now. And- no, 10 years. 10 years is pretty, yeah, that's, that's yeah. like a whole person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and have done such incredible work um, uh, over the years, but why don't you talk a little bit about like how you broke into the industry and and how important it was for you to find the right people while you were coming up? Um, it was incredibly important for me. I started with a BFA in illustration, and as an artist, you're just trying to find your way, um, make money, and. So, I mean, I was looking into advertising illustration and children's books, and I came across comics. And at the time, I was trained as an oil painter, but I was transitioning to uh, digital painting. And I found that I really loved to paint or color my artwork. And so when I, you know, came across comics and uh, how uh, publishing companies wanted portfolios. They preferred that, you know, you pick something, you know, do you want to be a penciler or an inker or a colorist? And I knew that coloring was where my passion was. And um, so I went and, you know, found comic artists work that I loved and I would talk to them and ask them for their line art. And that's kind of how I, I got started. I would just practice over other artists' line art. I submitted portfolios. Um, but really building that network, working with those artists, even though I wasn't being paid, but building that rapport, they would, uh, I would send them my finished work, and then, then they, if they loved it, they would tell their other comic friends. And so I kind of built my own community through that, and then also um, connecting with other color artists uh, whose work I admired. Um, a lot of times, like, you know, other color, or anybody in this community, we all love to, like, help each other out. And so I got great advice from them on things I could work on and, you know, ways I could better myself. So having that community and allies in this industry has really helped me succeed. That's fantastic. Um, and, and, and I have to say, like, just the, the process of being a colorist and, like, what you, how you guys transform art from, from basically just black and white pencils and inks uh, and to what it becomes is just really, really um, incredible. And it's such an important part of the comics process. So, I mean, I highly recommend, if you guys, if there's any people who actually want to be artists, definitely consider also just being a colorist. It's also a great way to kind of kick get, you know, kick off into the, the comic book industry, right? Because a lot of colors transfer into being artists, right? Yeah, I mean, 
I can draw. You <laughs> I'm, can. I, I, you I, played I, Pictionary I'm waiting yesterday. for Marvel to be like, hey, you want to do a cover? But <laughs> I'm so busy. Is that your hint? <laughs> yeah, I know. Hint, hint. Uh, boom. I mean, I will say the interesting thing about colors that's really changed the way that, that, that people get, get comics is the digital age, right? So, you know, now coloring on the computer allows you to co color wherever you are. And I feel like the community online is so great. I mean, I love following Jen's tweets because she's so, um, I mean, you may, may, first of all, I can't stop buying your pins, but you make, you know, you're so there with the community you're, and, and like, what has it been like to sort of grow into the community, into the comics world because of the social, the digital age? Yeah, I think um, more than ever, social media is playing a huge part in career building and relationship building within our industry. And, uh, you know, like two years ago, two and a half years ago, I think I had like 4,000 followers on Twitter and like not a very big Instagram following. And I think just through uh, meeting peers and posting my work, I just hit 100,000 followers during this show, yeah. which is like, it's like absurd to think about, right? Like that's an insane number of people, but there's so many people who want like insight into the process and, and they want to meet people who are working in the industry. And so um, because of how quickly that growth has happened, I feel like almost like a, a social responsibility to kind of pay it forward. Um, and so, now that I'm in this weird position where people who are interested in working in comics are reaching out to me for advice, uh, I try to do my best to really answer as thoroughly as possible and try to help the most number of people. Um, and so, yeah, I do a lot of like advice posts and things like that. You did an amazing uh, cover also for, for life. You did an amazing cover. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, I think she, that's out this month, yeah? Yes, it is. Life of Captain Marvel variant that Jen Bartel did um, is out. It's really, really beautiful. I thank you. It made yeah. me weep. I wept, yeah. Also, your art for the new uh, Woman of Star Wars book with oh, Amy yeah. Radcliffe is amazing. Thanks. I wasn't so sure excited. if we could, like, talk about that here. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. it's the Disney family, but, I mean, like, it's yeah. such beautiful art, and it's definitely, like, um, like Lorraine Sink's book that comes out next year, A Woman of... Uh, Powers of, of a Girl. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's great to see so many books for, you know, the next generation of people knowing that there are female superheroes, and yeah, you can and love them. The, uh, the Women of Star Wars book is uh, through Chronicle Books, but they, um, we, we did a, like, Women of Star Wars panel, and they hired, like, all women to work on that book, and there are 75, like, characters within the Star Wars universe that all these women drew, and uh, I did not know that there were that many female characters in the Star Wars universe. Uh, and so, yeah, I just think it's really awesome. And I think now is such a great time for, for not only women, but also fans of female characters and just people that love uh, more of this in, in their media. Um, okay, so, so Leah, you talk about, you've talked about sort of you just being a part of the fandom community and kind of growing up in it. What has been, how, has, have, you, how have you utilized that to support your work as a creator? Um... It gives me kind of a sense of confidence that I don't think I would have otherwise moving into comics as a professional because knowing that I sort of have, I'm a part of, of something much larger than myself, being a member of the fandom um, and kind of understanding the world at a level that only exists in like online discourse and can get very weird, you know, you know. And um, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it like headcanony stuff, and um, it's thrilling for me. It is absolutely exhilarating to come from the fandom, to come from writing X Men fan fiction, to now actually writing. X-Men fan fiction, but getting paid for it. <laughs> um, you made it. You tricked us all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does feel like I'm getting away with something. It, it's still... We all are. Yeah, it doesn't feel real, but um, it's just incredibly exciting. But, but I think that's a really good point, that you have to be the first person. So if there are creators out there, and I know there are, whether or not you'll even admit it, um, you have to be the first person to take yourself seriously, okay? Because you, ha you do have co-ownership in the fandoms you love. 
And I worked, I have worked with artists who got their start, uh, you know, posting their art, their fan art on DeviantArt. I mean, like Marvel artists. And like, you just start doing the thing you love and the rest does start to follow. So like, you've got to believe in yourself first and then we will all believe in you. But that's the very hardest thing. And I think for women in particular, we hold the bar even higher for when, what is real, like what is someone who's an expert or what is someone who's good enough to have that opportunity. And I am telling you to take that opportunity before you think you are good enough because you, 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 you won't think it until you're already there. You're, the first ally you have is yourself. Yeah. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and you go, I know I can do this. I can leave today. I can do what I need to do. Or I, I can write, I can sing, I can do whatever you want because uh, along the way, sometimes you may feel like you only have you, but there are amazing people out there, but you first have to believe in yourself. But I also think like we are all our own best advocates, right? And I think we have a responsibility to do that for ourselves first and foremost. But also I think to teach other people how to do it, especially other women. Like one of my very first bosses in the game industry, I came in there all wobbly and said, I think you gave me the wrong credit for something. And she said, don't come in there and say that to me. You should be shouting that at me. If that's what you really think, this is how you do it, girl. And I, and I never have forgotten that. You know, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> so help, help, help each other out. Yeah, and, and, that's really, and that's really what this is all about, just reminding people that there's a community out there. We're gonna focus on the good aspects of the community and all the great things and inspire things that we give to one another um, and that we can kind of look around and say, hey, you're doing great work. Uh, and we talked about this the other day. It's like, if you see someone doing awesome work out there, tell them, you know, tell them that you loved, you know, their first attempt at a cover sketch. Tell them that you love their cost, their first attempt at, at, at cosplay. Um, I think it's really important that we have a lot more positivity out there. And if you're unsure, just like lean into the positive and it'll also just make, it'll make them feel better, but it'll also make you feel better. So as much as we can, um, that's really the message of today. Yeah, for creators too. Yeah. I mean, um, female creators, we get a lot of death threats. It is so great. I unlocked my DMs for like two days. Why would you do that? I know. <laughs> Terrible I, idea. Oh no. I did ah. because, because a really big issue, a pivotal issue of Life of Captain Marvel was coming out. And I said, guys, do not spoil it. Carol Core, if you need to talk to someone about this, talk to me. Just talk to me. I'll, and I'll open my DMs, which I keep closed because of all the Gamergate stuff, because uh, I work in games also and Comicsgate stuff. And it was amazing. For two days, I just got love letters. I mean, I just got a bath of Carol Core love. And it was incredible. And then, you know, I got nervous and turned it back off. But like, <laughs> but like, don't, like, like, don't at creators and tell them you hate them. Just don't. Like, our life is already hard enough. But do at creators and tell them if you liked a particular panel, just tell them and it will make their, like, month, not even day. Little. Side note for me, <laughs> at M. Stoll, <laughs> no, no pressure. Thanks. Well, I think we're going to uh, open up to some Q&A. So first, we have some amazing swag uh, that we're ex super excited for, and our audio producer, Brandon, is going to help. So actually, um, if any uh, kids are in the audience, we have two amazing uh, Avenger STEM kits um, that we have to give out, and we have two Spider-Man prints from... Uh, uh, Gray Art Matter, on, uh, which is down on the floor. And then we have tote bags and pins and mugs. Yes. Hi. Um, hello. Um, I just want to know from y'all if it would be nicer for you to work for a corporation such as Marvel or if you to branch out and be independent and perhaps even start your own company. I mean, I, I feel, actually, it's a great question. As someone who's worked for Marvel for 12 years... 
sometimes I wonder what it would like to be my own boss, and I feel like that actually is something that that uh, is is good for you. Um, I think it really just depends on uh, uh, what would you like to do. I mean, a good example is this side of the panel are people that work in, a, in, in an office, and the other half of the panel are freelancers. You know, what is it like to sort of work for yourself? What are the challenges? What are the pros? Yeah, well, I think the beauty of it is that the two are not mutually exclusive. You can kind of have it all if, if you are willing to put in the time, which we all don't have a lot of. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think there are pros and cons to both, and... The wonderful thing about working for a company like Marvel is that you get to touch these characters that have like, you know, 75-year histories and are deeply meaningful to people and have, you know, impacted people's lives and identities. Um, but then on the other side of it, you can craft your own original stuff. And so I really like doing both, and I think they're both equally valuable. So. I, I got to say, though, like being being able to work at a company like Marvel and being able to, which is a global brand, and make change from within and big change and get away with it, that goes a very long way. So I'm, I, I find that to be valuable. Thank you for your question. Hi, uh, this is my third year here, first for my wife and daughter. Nice. <laughs> I, I saw your, your child has a Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. shirt on and that is so cute. Is that your daughter? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Peter Parker. <laughs> so I'm actually here under orders uh, to ask you if we can get some White Tiger. We, uh, my best friend loves White Tiger. We just don't see very much of her and we like more. <laughs> uh, okay, so I totally agree. I love White Tiger as well. Um, we don't have any immediate plans, but we do want to figure out ways in which to, to, to do more with her. So yes, in the future. <laughs> Hi, my name is Margaret. This is my fifth year coming to this panel. Um, and my first year yesterday going to Marvel's Next Big Thing, so I asked the same question about what's causing kind of economic or editorial trends leading to decrease in kind of female-led titles and female creators, not just at Marvel, but across the field. I, I, sorry, a decrease in the titles, so... What has led to it? What has yeah. led to the decrease in titles? Um, female-led titles, you're saying? I mean, honestly, I don't know if it's necessarily that it's a decrease. I kind of look at it as an overall increase from one, um, from, from when we had none. And I think that just the way the market is, it fluctuates. Sometimes we have more, sometimes we have less. It depends on what's working. I think the biggest thing is that the market is open to it, our retailers are open to it, and our audiences just want more. Um, and it just comes down to um, whether or not, and, and the way that we look at it, you know, success is not measured by... Um, how many uh, monthly books are currently out there. It's also, we look at things like trade collections. And a lot of these books do really well and continue to do well in trade collections. We also look into other areas that we're expanding in. The fact that we've got something like Marvel Rising out there um, for characters that may not have their own books anymore just goes to show that we are supporting them in different ways. And we're actually bringing more people in that way. And so hopefully we'll be able to go and do a White Tiger book or something like that. So. Thank you. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey. Uh, my question is, uh, what would you like to see more from your, your uh, male supporters and allies, besides obviously going out and buying all these titles? Uh, I, I love day one support. When a book comes out, uh, I feel like the internet follows its own trends. So I, I feel like when men come out in support of female creators and female uh, characters, it somehow um, it's like gives you a, like a little bit of a troll vaccine. Well, I think uh, the number one most important thing that uh, it's nice to see from male allies is when they make an active effort to listen and to amplify other voices. Um, and I think there are some people who are incredibly, incredibly good at that. Um, but yeah, I think if, I mean, if you have a chance to amplify the voices that are not as listened to or not heard as well, that always helps, I think. But actually, the number one thing you can do is ask what's the number one thing you can do. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for that question. Hi. Hi, Hi Peggy. Um, as someone who actually does work in editorial, but in a non-creative way, I work in academic publishing, do you have any tips or advice? I also write and act and create as well. But do you have any tips on how to transition from someone who 
works in act, like one type of publishing to get into something more creative or just tips for someone who wants to start out in publishing in, ge in general for comics or anything more creative? Um, I have an answer. Um, you, and this goes for writers and artists in general. Um, if you're looking to work Specifically for Marvel or DC, you need to make sure your voice and your art is visible somewhere. Um, whether it's fan art or you're publishing essays or something like that. What both places are looking for um, are unique voices that can add something to the existing field. But um, in general, I would say just do your art, follow your passion and, and share it because that's that's how you know you get more and more creative opportunities. As someone who literally did that, I, I interned at Marvel and then I worked in textbook publishing and transitions. That's absolutely the right answer. You start doing the job that you want before you have it. Um, people who uh, didn't come up through the internship program were editing on a freelance basis before they got hired at Marvel. Um, I kept reading comics and writing reviews and things in between my internship and when I got invited back. So yeah, you just start doing the thing that you want to do uh, and uh, make sure that it's somewhere where people can see you and uh, you don't you know, say terrible things about Marvel on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that, that's the way to get there, yeah. Um, my question is, like, what are the type, different types of jobs that you can get as an artist for comic books? Yeah, um, well, if you want to be on the creative side of the comic book, there's the penciler or inker, a color artist, there's the letterer, um, there are cover artists, um, and it, huh? designers. Uh, there are people that pencil and ink. Um, I mean, there are people that do all of it, you know, from pencils all the way to colors. So wherever your passion lies. Are you an artist? What do you like? Do you like colors or do you draw with pens or do you draw with pencil? Or? Um, well, I basically copy all the drawings from my favorite comic books. That's where I started. That's awesome. That's awesome. Keep doing that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, wait, don't go away. Wait, I'm gonna give you one of these amazing stamps. Ooh, look at that. No problem. It was a great question. Do you think Marvel's dip in sales is due to forced diversity hirings of women without the proper experience? No. Because of... No. Well, no, absolutely not. I yeah. also think that there's a lot more factors that um, would go into... And, and you would be the more appropriate person to answer this probably. I just get heated about it. Um, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that contribute to sales factors that aren't accounted for in the numbers people are using to kind of try and prove a point about forced diversity, um, which is not really something that I believe is a problem or, um, you know, should be treated as such. And uh, it kind of conflates one thing with the other to draw the comparison um, because they aren't linked. Yeah, and so the way that we hire, like we don't have a, a particular standard, but we do look at what people do and what their point of view is and what their um, their creative point of view is. So we, you have to have experience when you come to Marvel. Um, it's just all kinds of different kinds of experience that's that's our lens, and if you are talented, we will find you and we will hire you. That's our that's that's our take. But thank you very much for your thank question. You. I appreciate it. Hi. Hi. You look Hi. amazing. Thank you. Is this your first cosplay? Yay! Everyone, yes. let's give everyone a round of applause. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> when does the Moon Girl cartoon come out? Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. 
Um, I can't talk. I can't tell you that. <laughs> I will say. I will say. I love that. You, I love that you love Moon Girl and that we do have some awesome comic books with her. Um, and any future plans for animation will um, be discussed in the future, so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> but we do believe in that character and we want to support her. Um, and we also we also have a character named Shuri who uh, we also love and support. That um, we have just announced a comic book with, so but lots of great stuff. But can I recommend also, if you are excited about Moon Girl, that you watch Marvel Rising? I think you're gonna love it. Is that cool? Are you in with it? We actually have a screening today at 2 p.m. Yeah, right next door. You should go to it. Yeah, are you in? Yeah, I think yeah. she's nodding. I think she's into it. And we want to give right. you one of these amazing women of Marvel pins. Here you go. You can wear it on your Thank amazing you costume, for that question. and then get ready for the future of Moon Girl. Yeah, that's the future of Marvel right there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so there aren't always a lot of trans women in comics, um, and when they are, they're kind of in indie books. Is there any way to kind of get more representation, especially of trans characters in more mainstream comics without people being like, this is SJW propaganda, because that's how they always seem to respond. I talked about this recently on Twitter. There's somebody who's been um, adding X-Men creators every day for about a year, and I finally, about this exact issue, and I finally blipped on their radar, so they asked me about it too. Um, and. There's, there's not much that we can speak to without spoiling stuff. And um, it's a conversation that needs to be had and is really necessary. And since Tom Taylor said it already, I can say it too, but it is something that's being worked on and it's being addressed meaningfully and um, in, in a way that isn't going to be accused of being SJW propaganda because it's fitting with the character and it's fitting with the story and it matters. I also, I have a trans child and I would say that um, it's a thing, my child is an artist and it is a thing that uh, mo like multiple, uh, my child illustrated my last book and multiple different um, comics publishers have been speaking to my child about stuff going on. So, um, I know this is a priority across the board, and the best thing everyone can do is ask for it. So be vocal online and just say stuff. But thank you thank for you. saying that. Thank you. Um, I was wondering if it's easier if you want to develop a friend, to help them develop a character or a spin-off character to get hired by the company and get attracted that way to help into it, or should you try to do something and finance it outside to draw them into the work, you know, from the inside or from the outside coming in? As a writer or an artist? As a writer and maybe as an artist, both. It says that the design is very new and unique and has never been, you know, the, seen spin off. The answer wise. is different for writer or artist. For artist, you could do fan art and, and get discovered that way. But because of um, copyright laws, if you are interested in writing for DC or Marvel, they can't look at your fan fiction, they can't listen to your pitches, um, because what if it's already something they have in motion behind the scenes? So for that, doing you know like your own work, that kind of thing is, is definitely the way to go. So if you're if you're a writer, it's, you're saying it's easy. It's better to be get hired and then write for them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we only have a few minutes left, so we're gonna try and do this fast. Hello, <laughs> my name is Maya. I go to McNair, which is Miss Marvel's inspired school. Yay, McNair Academy! Wow. So I was wondering, because I'm a senior, so I'm wondering. Where does Miss Marvel want to go to college? You know, like that. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Are you trying to age Miss Marvel? <laughs> yes. We don't do that in comics. <laughs> She's gonna be 16 forever. Um, actually, well, well uh, that's a really good question. It depends. I feel like she's probably gonna want to like be really far, like go to California or something. But then her mom's gonna like want her to be close, so it's gonna be a conflict. And I've never had that situation happen to me before. <laughs> I ended up in New York City. I ended up 30 minutes away from home. 
Uh, uh, no, that's going to be really interesting. I feel like it's it's actually going to be a big part of her journey. I think the next in the next phase of her sort of life, um, and we're excited to explore that. But I, I'm I, I'm not sure yet. Suggestions are welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Rutgers. Hi. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, how do you draw things so quickly? I feel like Rochelle should answer that. <laughs> that is such a good question. Uh, practice over and over and over again. You just, you find a rhythm. And I mean, once you get good at doing something, you get good at doing it faster. So. Mm -hmm. Anything else? John? How do you make comic books? <laughs> All right, guys, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> Kick your feet up. Somebody writes a story. Somebody draws pictures in order of the an, story. An editor then yells at you. An editor <laughs> asks questions. Everybody makes a lot of changes. It gets colors that make it way better. It gets a pretty cover on the top, and then it gets sent out to everybody, and we cross our fingers and hope people buy it. Yeah. It's a team sport. There's a lot of people working on it. That's actually top. a pretty great question. I feel like no one's ever asked that. Yeah. We're going to give you guys the other STEM kit. Hey, and just remember, if you have a really big idea, you can actually make it into a comic book, no matter how big the idea is. So make sure that you start making comics now. So as an artist, I just like want to find motivation. Like, what do you, what are you, what is your motivation to like keep going and keep doing this? Because even I find doing art hard. Like, I can't imagine doing a whole comic book because, like, I draw like complicated things, like complex art. Like, I just like going, spinning and stuff. Like, I find that hard. I can't. Like, what is your motivation? I, I will say I'm not an artist, but I want to say you guys are our motivation. Like, literally, I, I've worked here for 12 years because the community is amazing. So remember that, that there are these amazing people that want to see your art and that you could, in the future, be up here too. Um, I was just going to say that uh, I think sometimes when you're, when you're really passionate about something and you care a lot and you want to do it all the time, uh, there can be a, a temptation to just always work, 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 right? And uh, sometimes... Uh, you have to do work that isn't as easily quantifiable. And I look at it as like filling the tank, right? So if all I do for seven days straight is just draw and nothing else, that tank's going to get empty. And so what you need to do is actually consume the stuff that you love to refill it. And sometimes that work doesn't feel as quantifiable because it's fun and doesn't always feel like work. But watch shows, play video games, talk to friends, all of that stuff fills your creative tank and keeps you going. So That was a great last question. <laughs> We've ran out of time, ran out of time. but I want to thank you guys for coming. Uh, as always, you guys can follow, listen to this podcast on marvel.com slash podcast. I want to thank to all the amazing <laughs> panelists that joined us this year. <laughs> follow us on our Instagram and uh, we'll see you guys next year. Thank you guys. <laughs>